Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Artie. Arian Poor, he's the uh, CEO and founder of a company called Seekster, which has a unique spelling. It's S-E-Q-S-T-E-R. The website's Seekster.com. And they're a consumer-driven healthcare technology platform. They use AI to let people aggregate their electronic health records, their genomics, and their fitness data, you know, all in one place. And they can share it with their family and, and create a record of uh, their health. So Artie's going to get more into why this is important and the details of it. So Artie, how you doing? Very good. Very grateful to be here with you, Rich. Thanks so much for having Seekster and myself on your podcast. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind, can you give me a little bit of your background, You know how you got to this point? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a, um, a genomics ninja Jedi, I guess you could say. I started out when I was 16 years old um, uh, at the Salk Institute, worked my way up um, within gene expression and learning a little bit about next-gen sequencing technologies, became an executive, fast-tracked in my early 20s, landed um, on a pair of, established my reputation at a pair of uh, high-profile California companies, Ambry Genetics and also Pathway Genomics. I was the senior vice president of uh, Ambry Genetics. I inspired the company uh, through a five-year-plus period of sustained growth. And that company mm-hmm. actually just sold last year for $1 billion to Konica. Wow. And during that time, uh, was very grateful and just uh, was at the right place at the right time with an amazing team where we were able to really do something way above ourselves by uh, launching you know, the first clinical exome test bringing next-gen sequencing to the clinic, and also being part of the 2013 landmark SCOTUS decision um, regarding BRCA, which is known as obviously um, breast cancer gene testing landmark decision for gene patents that was scrapped and fighting Marriott Genetics in federal court. Oh, let's talk about that for a second. So um, what? So the Supreme Court actually ruled and said, what, you can't patent uh, how genes work or what was the ruling about? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's, there's been patents on genes for a while and a company named Marriott Genetics had, uh, you know, patents on uh, various different testings, uh, specifically BRCA1 and BRCA2. And um, that was all done by Sanger technology, which is an old way of sequencing until next-gen sequencing hit. Well, there was lots of debate with the ACLU, you know, back in the day in regards to the fact of, you know, can we really actually um, have patents on our genes? Can we actually even patent your thumb? You know, Mm. my mom being a breast cancer survivor, as an example, you know, why can a company patent something in my mom's body? Didn't really make sense. So it's really, um, yeah, it's super horrible. And it's just kind of crazy to look back in hindsight and think that, uh, this sort of thing actually passed through the United States Patent Office. Um, I think they actually filed their patents back in the late 90s, if I'm correct, on the exact date or years, 98 or 99, somewhere around then. But, you know, they did a ton of testing and 
no one else was able to launch that sort of test until, um, you know, our team at Ambry, um, one of my old companies, um, we did it. And then uh, it started a whole floodgate of, you know, it opened up the floodgates of genetic testing. That's why you see companies such as, you know, Council and Invite and, you know, Natera and all these other companies, Color Genomics, they all spurred out because of all the work that, you know, we had done, you know, fighting uh, to win the gene patent wars, which we did. Okay. So, all right. So tell me about Seekster. You know, I just read the premise of it, but tell me about the premise as you see it and why is it? Yeah. um, You know, I think Seekster is really special. And uh, let me tell you first what a Seekster is. A Seekster is someone who's been sequenced um, like myself, Mm. um, like millions of people now that have gotten, you know, direct to consumer testing done through either 23andMe or Ancestry DNA or, you know, MyHeritage, or maybe they've had their exome, or maybe they've had a genetic test. Maybe they've had their whole, whole genome sequence. Um, there's, there's lots of people now that are, um, you know, getting direct-to-consumer testing on their genotyping and sequencing tests. But more importantly, a Seekster is also someone who hasn't been sequenced, which is, you know, 99% of the population. Uh, one day, everyone will be so um, you know, a Seekster is also someone who is seeking, S-E-E-K-I-N-G, more information about their health and also their loved one's health. And a Seekster is also someone who wants all their health data security in one place. So that's what a Seekster is. And the reason why we became so fanatic with, you know, the data being siloed is coming from the clinical diagnostics and genetics genomics space, our team, um, you know, has seen it all kind of. And, you know, we've seen where the lab business had its limitations, I guess you could say, number one. Number two, we see where, you know, digital health really was not really making any type of real progress. And so, the reason being is because all this electronic health record, um, genomic, genetic DNA data, and also now your fitness wearable data in the past five years has just been, you know, um, increasing exponentially from a data standpoint. But more importantly, as more people get tested or buy more wearables or, you know, go to the physician more and, you know, what they're doing is they're just siloing all that data in various different silos. It's not actually Mm. brought together in one place. And so we wanted to make a platform so we can bring all this data in one place in a common form. So what would be, you know, I mean, maybe it's obvious, but what would be the advantage of having all my medical data in one spot? Yeah, I think, you know, um, the same way as if, what is the advantage of having your financial information in one one spot? Um, just the same way as you aggregate your Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and student loans, and you get to see your net worth, such as, you know, how Mint.com did. See, with Seedster, we created the Mint.com of your health data. So we're like the first, we are the first company to let you aggregate and combine matched longitudinal electronic health records, genomic and fitness wearable data from any source. And then you get to generate new insights using our machine learning, and by empowering consumers, we put them in charge of all their health data to disrupt the EHR genomic DNA and fitness wearable data silos. And by doing that, 
we're able to visualize this data for you so that you can see your blood pressure for the last 10 years, for example, you know, um, interlaid with, let's say, um, a SNP from your 23andMe, um, you know, information from your DNA. Uh, also, on the same page as maybe your LDL information that's being pulled through, let's say, your Kaiser in, uh, you know, uh, portal or your Sutter Health portal or, you know, if you're in Texas, for example, your MD Anderson portal for your cancer patient. So lots of use cases where you can actually make life or death actual decisions. And I have specific examples with my family on that where we actually saved my dad's life recently um, really? with, with Seekster. Yeah, and I could talk about that if we have time. If you're open to doing that, yeah, that would be really powerful, you know. The reason why yeah, I so, say it is, like, you know, I know not everyone's like this, but, you know, there's definitely a feeling of, like, I don't want to know. I know it's better to know, but I'm also afraid, like, personally of knowing things, you know. And I bet absolutely. you that's, like, you know, maybe universal. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's not that it's for everyone, but I'll tell you, there's there's so many use cases from not even knowing or not knowing. So I'll give you I'll give you two examples. One is, you know, when, um, when my grandmother of 92 years passed away just recently, and unfortunately disease runs in my family, both my grandmothers have passed away due to complications with AD, Alzheimer's disease. No need to be sorry. It, it is just what it is. One was 88, yeah. uh, 12 years ago that passed away, and one was 92 a year and a half ago. When my grandma, yeah. who was my number one fan, passed away rich, she passed away without passing on her health data to me, my brother, and my mom, the alpha daughter and caregiver. More importantly, she passed away without passing on her health data to you, Rich. And I know you for five minutes. She passed away with passing on her health data to everyone in Austin, to everyone in San Diego, to everyone in California, to everyone in Texas, where you and I reside, to everyone in the United States and to everyone in planet Earth. And so there is this you know, really big problem that we're trying to solve here with not just the aggregation and the visualization and telling you a little bit about, you know, your health data in one way or another, but more importantly about preserving and passing on and creating a multi-generational health record that will always give for your, to your family and to society a will for your health data. And so we actually patented and trademarked the world's first legal framework called health trust within Seekster. Hmm. So after the data aggregation, you can actually share that data and the data ownership rights across family members and whoever you wish. So, okay. Um, I don't even know, you know, like my feeling is, okay, there's this data, but if I had it, I, I wouldn't even know what to do with it. So I figure like people need guidance on what to do with their data, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's various different ways where, you know, right now we're giving it to people who need it most, right? It's not open to the average consumer. Even though we've achieved nationwide scale, we have over 2,000 hospitals integrated into our system. It's a huge burden to actually have. So actually, let me take a step back. By the age of 30, the average American has at least three medical records as a form of data within three different health systems. And so, mm. you know, you have, you, you, have, you have health records when you're growing up and you're underneath your mom and dad's insurance. 
for a long time and then you become 18. And if you go to college or you move out of the house, you have some other, you know, um, health system. And then, you know, you get into your 20s and maybe you move or you get married, you get a job and you get another health system. And so, you know, your health records don't follow you. There's no way to actually have all your health data in one place. And you can make better decisions for yourself if you do have that. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm in my 40s and stuff, and so is my wife, and we have kids, and, you know, she's had plenty of records, I mean, records in like 10 different places, and I've had medical issues that she has, and, you know, the best we can do right now is we go to a new doctor, and they say, all right, give us your health history, and you write it on a piece of paper, and you try to remember it, but there's no, like, physical data with it, and if I wanted to get it, I'd have to ask some doctor to fax it over if they're even in business, so it's crazy, you know, but I wonder, like, you know, even if I had all this data, I need help on how to use it better to help myself, you know, like, cause I'm not, I don't know. I just wouldn't know enough on how to really like effectively use it. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we're not in the business of helping you use that data. We're in the business of you aggregating that data because that's a huge problem in itself. Now, hmm. you know, in the future, for sure, there will be various different health related services that would be, you know, tied into things like this. But one way that you can do that is by, sharing your complete health record with your new provider or physician, as an example. And we have many use cases where, you know, people have been, you know, let's say chronically ill or sick, where it is a big burden to have all this health information. Because if you're healthy, you don't really care about your health. We don't care about our health until we are sick. Unfortunately, you and I are going to get sick one day. And not only that, well, I have been already. Yeah, I, I have thyroid cancer a year and a half ago. So yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, so you so you understand, yeah. And so so you know, writing down all the information and knowing it all, most of the time we have it wrong. Even most of the time, the family history information is wrong. And so it's yep. not just about yep. you aggregating your health data. It's about having you and your family. It's about families coming together for the benefit of society. So. Yes, having this health information and you being the CEO of your own health, as I call it, is very important. Now, not everyone wants to do that, but I can assure you that most people do care about the fact that if they can use their health data to help society or a clinical trial or some type of study, and there's no way of actually connecting that. And so we enable that through our platform. And that's something that is very significant. So how much work does it take to get all your data? I mean, you know, if you're 40 or 50, I mean, it seems like that'd be a lot of work to go get that data. Or do you just, hey, the best time to start is yesterday and whatever you can get, you can get is better than nothing. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we've done the heavy lifting here. The team deserves all the credit for the last three years. What we've done is standardized and harmonized all that EHR data on the back end, whether it's Epic, Cerner, Allscripts, or Athena Health. And we started there, and then obviously we added all the genomic testing lab data as well and all the various different fitness wearable uh, uh, data. It's a big problem called interoperability where we have accidentally kind of solved. It's a $30 billion problem. So we're not just talking about the fact of you seeing or visualizing your health data. I think what we're really talking about here is something way bigger. We're talking about how people really can come together to crack the healthcare system, to really dent it, 
And, you know, having all your health data together in one place is the beginning of opening up lots of various different opportunities within just healthcare alone. And, um, you know, interoperability being such a huge problem, uh, it's all about unsiloing that data. And so um, within 60 seconds through our platform, you can aggregate your health data and whatever health data that you've had in the past. And so it doesn't mean that everything that you've always had is going to be on there. But as long as you had health data that resided within, you know, a data source that we have um, integrated our platform to, we can aggregate that data okay. in less than 60 seconds for you. So I sign sense? on and, and you run a query across all your databases and I, I won't get 100%, but I'll probably get 50 to 80% of my data, I guess, is a, a ballpark so, I'm throwing out with. Yeah. So depending on where your health system is, you can get 100%. But there's maybe maybe you right. were in Montana when you were growing up and they don't have your health records digitally stored. Wherever your health records were stored digitally, uh, digitally we can let you authorize the fact of getting your own health data because by law, you own your health data. No one else does. And you should control it. And there should be full transparency to every single consumer, patient, family member, you know, um, on their health data. Well, so once I use the service, I get my data. Do I then, am I encouraged then to fill in the holes that I know of? Or, you know, all right, so that's one question. And then once I get my data, um, how do I take command of it and share it selectively? Like, let's say I go go to the doctor and it's all right, you know, let us know your records. How do I say, all right, here you go, doc. Right. So to answer your first question, if there are holes, what's great is what we've seen is you know, there's actually even mistakes in various different electronic health records, kind of like a credit report, right? You get a mm. credit report and, you know, you get to see the fact that, oh, my God, why did I have a dink here? I never had that parking ticket or I never had that bill and that's hurting my credit. What do you do? You call up, you know, the credit bureau and you have them fix it because you know that maybe it was fraud or just some error that happened within the data itself. Well, that happens in the medical system, obviously, too. And there's no better person than the actual patient to correct their own health data. So that's number one, mm. right? Um, number yeah. two, if there is missing things, you can actually fill that in for sure. But that would be self-reported data. What we get is the chain of custody data. We get phenotypic data straight out of the EHR. So if there's holes and you want to fill in the holes yourself, then you can do that. That's not a problem. And then um, getting to your, to your second question of, you know, how do you actually share this information? Um, once the, the data is aggregated through Health One, which is all your health data in one place, that's our first product underneath the Seekster platform, then you get to actually assign a recipient where you mm. can actually share that data that has been aggregated in, you know, a PDF file. And that person, whether it's the physician or even your, you know, spouse or, um, you know, your mom or your dad or your children or whoever family member is, um, gets to see that data per your consent. You get to control right, right. what you want to share and how much of that you want to share. It would be another, I don't know if you're doing this, but, you know, let's say I go through your process, I get all my data and all that. I mean, I'd like to see recommendations like, hey, Rich, 
we got all this stuff, but we noticed you haven't sequenced your genome yet. You should do that. Or, hey, you haven't gotten a full blood panel in the past four years. Why don't you add that in? Or have you got a Fitbit connected or something, you know? <laughs> I, I love it. Um, we should definitely uh, talk more because uh, you're definitely taking it to the next step. That's exactly what we've built. So on the AI side, we have various different recommendations because, as you can imagine, once you have all this data together, it's interesting the insights and recommendations you can give to the individuals. So that's exactly what the program does, what you just oh, good, described. Good. I don't even need to repeat it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I see why it would be a, a gift. Um, you know, I don't know, I probably shouldn't, I'm not going to say the name, but um, someone in my wife's family has a chromosomal mm. abnormality. And, um, mm. you know, she has kids and all that, and one of her kids has it. So, you know, she's going to let them know so far as she told us and everything. But, you know, um, I could see how it would help the future generations. Like when this kid grows up, they're going to know beforehand, hey, you've got this thing going on, and these are the possible consequences instead of like just having problems and, you know, having to go discover it for themselves or being blindsided by a health condition. So I, I see why this could be a gift to your kids and to everyone else in your family if you get all this stuff together, you know. I'll, t I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell you a real life story. Let's talk about my dad. And I feel comfortable doing that um, just for 30 seconds here. So February 2nd, my brother calls me and says, you got to call mom. You know, mom uh, is crying and she's not doing good. And you just got to call her. So I call my mom and my mom basically tells me that my dad um, had uh, bleeding from the rectum. This just happened February 2nd. And they ordered, you know, during Christmas time, it happened and they, they kind of hid it from us, just like how wonderful parents do. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously my parents know that I've been in the healthcare industry for uh, the last two decades and know a little bit about genomic technologies. So they ordered the um, exact sciences um, test called Cologuard, which tests for abnormal or normal cells so that you can actually get approved to get a um, uh, colonoscopy. And so my dad's mm. result came back abnormal. So he, they rush in to get a colonoscopy because colonoscopies, depending on your provider, are only, you know, approved either five or every 10 years um, because of various different, you know, insurance costs, dangers to it, and all that other good stuff. And so he gets a colonoscopy, Rich, and he has a 52-millimeter tumor in his ascending colon. And uh, my mom's explaining all this stuff to me. And so my parents kind of knew what I was up to. Obviously, they're not, you know, in healthcare or anything, but we get my dad on Seekster. We aggregate his information. He has Kaiser data, and um, he gets to the point of care where they take him for a CT scan. But the CT scan at his um, uh, level does not show, because it's not sensitive enough to show if any lymph nodes are detected. And so he's waiting for his results, but it's all stuck in the EHR. We get his data before even his GI actually is able to call him. We got the data on Friday because as soon as they did the CT scan, it hits the EHR. All that stuff was auto-populated to Seekster automatically because you only need to do it once. And anytime you go to the physician or get a lab mm. or whatever done, it'll just be auto updated just like how your photos are, you know, updated on your iPad and on your iPhone at the same time, right? Same thing. Right, and right. so I, I grab his data and I share it across 
the country with six top pathologists because I have, you know, um, deep pocket connected oncology contacts. And they all tell me that you got to rush him to surgery right away. We take that information. We uh, share it with the, his Kaiser um, uh, physicians and surgeons. He gets in surgery within six days. He has 18 lymph nodes taken out, and he had his whole ascending colon basically taken out, 52-millimeter tumor that was growing for 10 months, and nothing hit on his lymph nodes. All 18 lymph nodes were totally clear. Surgeon said he's like two two out of 10,000 cases he's seen like that because of how fast we got into surgery. Now, if we didn't have his data and if I couldn't share it with the other pathologists across the country from, you know, PGEN to people at Foundation Medicine that I know to various different folks within, you know, genomics that have this type of expertise, there's no way that one, he would have been motivated enough to push his doctors to his doctors would have been even motivated enough to actually like get into surgery. So we pushed without spending one penny on the healthcare system or taxpayer dollars. And I got all those answers within six hours, right? And so now he's completely back at work. He's 69 years old. You know, he's lost about 25 pounds and he didn't even have to go through chemo, but he was diagnosed with stage two colon cancer. And he had a very aggressive, you know, uh, colon cancer diagnosis. It could have been another minute we waited or another day or a week, and it could have spread and metastasized. So that's a real-life example that just happened. Wow. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, one thing it brings to mind is, well, you have the access to, you know, a lot of experts and all that. What if, uh, again, someone on your platform does the same thing, they have their data and all that, they have the same problem. Are you going to – I don't even know if you can make it available, but can you make it available where – X number of providers are willing to use the system and have the data pushed to them for a recommendation. So just to clarify your meaning from providers, you're saying the, the health systems themselves. Well, let's say, you know, same thing happens. <laughs> same thing happens with someone on your platform. You yeah. know, you were able to contact six high-end healthcare professionals and get their opinion right away. Is there Correct. a way that you can have the platform make that kind of thing available to people? Let's say, you know, they can only you can only do three of them or five of them. I don't know. Is there a way uh, for I people see, yes. to, to yes. submit that and get an answer from like top professionals, multiple ones? You know, because it's, it's much faster than going in for three office visits or. Yeah, you know, I'll give you an example. Like. Um, no, no, no. Totally get it. I totally understand it. Okay. You're you're hundred percent on. Yes, the platform can do that. Have we baked that in yet? No, but for sure the platform can do that because. See, the inspiration here was really what value can we create when we gather all of our, you know, health data, fitness data, genetic data in one place? How can we Mm. help create a world where personal data ownership unlocks our optimal health? And that's what you're really talking about here is it's not even about, and, and, you know, obviously I'm, you know, an expert within the field and I'm connected within healthcare. So I was able to do that. But how does the system automatically do that? Well, it's really easy to add that as long as we bring those providers on that want to be part of this. And that's partly what we're doing here, looking for the right partners and collaborators of, you know, taking this integrated data, you know, system that we built and deploying it to the people that need it most and and, and to the partners that can actually use this most to really help, 
you know, families and individuals. Yeah, you could even call it like second opinion or something like that or consensus. But, you know, like, uh, you know I'll give you an that's example. Right. Um, I realized, you know, like with medical testing, like, you know, like I said, I had a problem with my thyroid. I had to, you know, mm-hmm. go to the doctor, go to a specialist, get um, a biopsy done, et cetera, you know. And then they said, oh, you should do X, Y, Z. Well, I would have liked a second or a third opinion, but what stopped me, first of all, was like it costs a lot of money to do that. Second of all, I don't want to go through the trauma of having three different biopsies and having to go to three different places to maybe hear the same thing or not. Like, it's just a, a high barrier. And all this information is still in, like, walled gardens. So if I could have done the same thing that you did for your dad and gotten the opinion, you know, I did a biopsy once and I got the opinion of, like, you know, five or six different high-level doctors, that would be a huge benefit to me. And it would be mm-hmm. more likely that I would get better care. For maybe, maybe for reasons that you may not suspect, but that was, like, some for me, what I realized, those are some barriers, you know? No, I, I, I totally, that resonates 100% uh, with me. I, I'm sorry you had to go through what you had to go through, number one. Number two, you know, I know it's not easy fighting these kinds of things. And number three, I don't think the system makes it easy for us to, to actually get the right care. And I think that's yeah, what you're really hitting on here. And I think it's because, you know, when you have your health data that's completely disconnected, you know, then it gives very limited value to the consumers and the healthcare solution makers. And then when there's no platform that exists to actually, you know, preserve and pass on that data to family and future generations or to various different providers, you know, that those are the two big problems that we tackled on. So, you know, those are the two problems that, you know, we solved here with Seekster and, you know, we're just grateful to have accidentally kind of fell upon, you know, all these amazing other ideas that are coming towards, you yeah. know, Seekster. Some that just you just mentioned that are very easy to implement because once you have all the health data in one place, there's just so much you can do with it for the world. It's it's pretty miraculous, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll stop with the ideas, but I could I'll just mention one more. You know, as you aggregate enough data, then you can have an AI module where, you know, you get the opinion of uh, the AI. Okay, it's reviewed, you know, 50,000 people that have colon cancer. And based on that analysis and, you know, sending it to these five healthcare practitioners, here's the recommendation of the AI based on all the science, and here's the recommendation of the doctors. Now you get, like, supercharged healthcare, you know? I, I love that, supercharged healthcare. That's a good one. Um, no, you're, you're, you're definitely... Um, hitting it right on there. It, you know, we just have to be very careful as to what recommendations, you know, we're right. allowed to give from an AI. But for sure, we have that, those plans within the platform, and uh, that's going to be a big part of it. Very cool. Well, as you can see, I'm, I'm into this. I'm passionate about it. So, you know, I appreciate you talking. Um, let's, let's uh, you know, we're almost out of time. Can we give listeners some references on how they could, you know, sign up with Seekster or find out more? Yeah, so, you know, currently um, we have announced three big partnerships. The first one, because we just came out of stealth February 28th, believe it or not. Um, we were building for, for a long time, and we just came out just exactly almost 12 weeks ago. Um, so the first partnership that we announced was with Boston University. It is the um, TBI concussion study, um, the mm-hmm. NFL study, actually. That's number one mm-hmm. with the Ryan Center out of Boston. That was on February 28th, we announced when we launched. And then March 13th, we announced our 
Glenner Alzheimer's Centers uh, partnership for gathering, you know, caregiver data with family members and so forth. And then most recently on May 7th, we just launched our, our partnership with the San Diego Blood Bank. And the San Diego Blood Bank controls almost half the state of California's blood from San Diego, from basically Tijuana border all the way up to Ventura County. And um, that partnership that we announced on May 7th is, you know, our first phase of, you know, bringing on 50,000 blood donors where when you donate blood, well, what do you get back when you donate blood? A T-shirt, a sticker, you know, a coupon. That's great. And people love that. But what if, you know, you get to actually, you know, have all your health data in one place so that you can have a holistic whole health record view of your health data. And, and that's what we're bringing. We're bringing true wellness, you know, to the San Diego Blood Bank uh, Red Connect portal. So currently right now, that's how Seekster is available. It's a B2B2C model cur- currently. It is not open to the consumer. However, um, I'd love to give you access to it, Rich, if you like. And, you know, there are some special folks that we have given um, special invitation codes um, to um, so that they can try it and give us some feedback on what they think. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That'd be really great. Well, Artie, um, you know, thank you for coming on. Uh, is there Are there any links, you know, is it just the website or any ways that uh, listeners are interested in, again, signing up or collaboration or whatever it is? What's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, um, you know, if anyone's interested in uh, collaborating or partnering, email us at info at Seekster.com. Um, you can also go on our website, Seekster.com, S-E-Q-S-T-E-R.com. We have some big things coming around the corner. Um, follow us on Twitter at Seekster. And uh, we look forward to, um, you know, sharing our work with the world this year. That's great. Artie, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rich. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend here. Pleasure to be on here. Thank you again for your time. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.